where there'd be the, the abolition of private property. He redefines private property, in fact, in the book, The Open Conspiracy. He redefines it into being uh, really everyone's property, but under the management of those who will be in charge of everyone, you might say, on your behalf. He goes through all of the, the animal rights, the insect rights, and all kinds of different kinds of uh, the, the rights of different lives of everything that lives on the planet. And the greening and all the rest of it, you think it's all brand new. No, it's not new at all. This is an old, old agenda. About the redefining of private property, there are obviously penalties on having um, permission to to be a tenant. They redefine ownership down to tenancy, and you'll find that what a tenant is, a tenant is someone who occupies, not an owner. So really, you're privileged if you think you own, because really you're a, you're a tenant, and the big global society, uh, you're responsible to them for how you handle that property, what you do with it, and so on. Decided a long, long time ago at big meetings. And one of the books I read, too, by H.G. Wells, when he met with the Fabian Society at a function, he mentions Lady Astor. Uh, you find the Astor family were brought over from the States as a big connecting link for the Anglo-American establishment when they were setting up the World Foundations to bring in this uh, redefined socialist system. I say redefined because it was to be governed by the natural aristocracy, uh, those that were already aristocrats, and the better of them that had the brains, you might say, the intelligentsia. And he said that Lady Astor made a comment that they couldn't lose when she was asked if there was any opposition to this or what made them so confident they could pull off this whole system of global management that was management of everything and everyone on the planet and she said no we can't fail and she didn't uh, go into the details of why and elaborate as to why they couldn't fail but it's because she already knew that the big powers of that day the financial powers were already backing the system it was all planned out now remember H.G. Wells was recruited by Sir Thomas Huxley, the grandfather of Aldo Huxley and Julian Huxley. Julian became the, the first CEO of uh, UNICEF. But uh, the grandfather was Sir Thomas Huxley, the best friend of Charles Darwin, who championed Darwinism and kept the whole ball rolling for evolution, and therefore evolution became the main religion. It's been pushed on the masses. If you believe in evolution, then you believe that anything can be done to you to improve you because you're just an animal that's evolving along the way. And so science takes over, and those in charge of science will decide which way you evolve. That's how it's done. It's very, very simple. Now, the next part of the evolution, apart from taking us all the way to brain chips, etc., was written about by, again, the futurist society, the ones who give you predictive programming back in the 50s, 1950s, to do with genetic enhancement, further elaborated through various movies and even the Star Trek series. So genetic enhancement was to create composite people and to, to eliminate the bad genes from the sperm and the egg, male and female, 
and introduce healthy ones from other donors. So you need a composite person. Because the Borg that they're going to create to serve them, you see, the Borg that will have no minds of their own and will be very efficient workers, the dream of Plato and the Republic, basically, uh, this Borg must be very healthy, too, because you see your certain economic system, nonetheless, this utopia, and you have to pull your weights. Uh, if money is going to be invested in you to create the perfect slave, then they don't want you breaking down. And when you're sick with various things, especially what they're now calling hereditary diseases, which keeps expanding down to allergies and, and, various, and even uh, temperaments, you might say, uh, they're going into this this new form of um, genetic, genetic enhancement, as it's called. It's much better. It's a, a socially acceptable word, enhancing. And this is from sfgate.com. It comes out of the Associated Press on Tuesday, February the 5th, 2008. Embryos created with DNA from three people. Now, this is just to get us used to the idea, which doesn't take much with the general public. And uh, it says here, February the 5th, 2008, British scientists say they have created human embryos containing DNA from two women and a man in a procedure that researchers hope might be used one day to produce embryos free of inherited diseases. So once again, they use the, the unfortunate ones to get a different agenda through. Though the preliminary research has raised concerns about the possibility of genetically modified babies, the scientists say that the embryos are still only primarily the product of one man and one woman. We're not trying to alter genes, we're just trying to swap a small proportion of the bad ones for some good ones, said Patrick Chinnery a professor of neurogenics at Newcastle University, involved in the research. The research was presented at a scientific conference recently, but has not been published in a scientific journal. The process aims to create healthy embryos for couples to avoid passing on genes carrying diseases. The genes being replaced are the mitochondria, a cell's energy source which are contained outside the nucleus in a normal female egg. Mistakes in the mitochondria's genetic code can result in serious diseases like muscular dystrophy, epilepsy, strokes, and mental retardation. Now, they're also expanding it because, if you notice, they've got an awful lot of children on drugs in school now under various uh, categories uh, when they create neologisms and, and uh, create new diseases at the stroke of a pen. So as I say, your personality type is also coming into this too. Are you easy managed? Are you, you do question too much? Are you a problem in school? Are you, do you have leadership capabilities? Because individuality, remember, even in Wells's great thesis, was a bad thing. To continue, in their research, Chinnery and colleagues used normal embryos created from one man and one woman that had defective mitochondria in the woman's egg. They then transplanted that embryo into an empty egg donated from a second woman who had healthy mitochondria. The research is being funded by the Muscular Dystrophy Campaign, a British charity. Now, I've told you about these big charities and what their real functions are. It's like the, the, the cancer one. Uh, I don't know how much money has been thrown at cancer, and yet we're coming down faster and faster with cancers. 
and the public never catch on that these big front organizations are not there to serve you. They are, on the one hand, a placebo, and on the other, the money goes into this kind of uh, program here where the, the actual object is to create new types of humans. That's what it's all about. That's where they get their funding, a lot of these scientists. <coughs> you know, it says here, only trace amounts of a person's genes come from the mitochondria. An expert said it would be incorrect to say that the embryos have three parents. Yeah, really. Most of the genes that make you who you are are inside the nucleus, Chinnery said. We're not going anywhere near that. And I'll add yet on this one. I'm sure it's been done already. So far, 10 such embryos have been created, though they have not been allowed to develop for more than five days. Chinnery hoped that after further experiments in the next few years, the process might be available to parents undergoing in vitro fertilization. And I'll be back with more of this after the following messages. Elsewhere in the world, 
especially in the U.S., uh, after the primaries and all the rest of it and the usual fake stuff that distracts the public for a while. And I've watched this for years. I've watched the big movements of those who think they're awake, being misled, run in circles, hoping that the lone gunman will ride into town and fix everything for them, fix it in time. Don't get any worse, just stop everything now. Let me live till, I, till I'm retired and then die quietly in my bed and then change it. Oh, it doesn't matter once I'm dead. That's the average person's point of view. That's for those who are stuck in the fake world, uh, really, of counterintelligence in a sense, because this is much bigger than any one man can fix. And it won't come from one man. It, c- it would come from open discussions across the whole planet with everyone involved, everyone involved, to change the course that we're on. There's no other way that it could actually happen unless enough, at least of those who are completely awake, uh, make their voices heard simultaneously and, and really push for open debate about projects like this one I've just been reading from and get it all out in the public uh, forum. That's the only way it could possibly happen. That's why, again, to go back to that book I mentioned by H.G. Wells, The Open Conspiracy, he talks about the general public, how they float along through their lives, never questioning anything. They adapt into the world they've been born into. They don't wonder how it came, became that way, the culture that they presently live in. They don't know how it's altering, who's altering it. They just go along with the flow. And that is truth. Big boys tell you a lot of truth because they've had centuries of studying the general public and managing them. You'll never wake up all of the public because most of them are quite content as long as the guys in black aren't knocking on their doors or dragging them off to some gulag somewhere. They're quite content with the way things are and they will pay and pay and pay every fee and tax that comes along as long as they can still do the little things that they habitually do on a day-to-day basis. It's a me generation that was fostered intentionally to break the old community spirit where people at least felt they were in touch with everyone else. What affected others would affect you. And so you tended to stand up together. That's been pretty well destroyed by the creation of the me generation. Very deliberate, very methodical, very successful. So therefore, as I say, uh, the politic sham that we have uh, won't change things. Even if some uh, Martian came in here from outer space and got elected and was not in the payroll of someone else, they'd have to kill him because this agenda will not stop for one person. It won't happen. The incredible power and money and organizations and thousands of bureaucrats working at this agenda just look into the United Nations alone. Look into all your own bodies within your own federal governments that are associated with the United Nations working in tandem with them. It's staggering. You can't keep up with it. It's too big. That is the real government. It's here already. It's here already. And they are not responsible to the general public or answerable to them in any way at all. That's the truth of the matter. We've got to wake up to that reality. I'll be back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. bad news when our illusions are often shattered and when we put hope in things that we're not really involved in. I mean, what, how can you be involved in politics? We've watched it our whole lives. Our parents watched it their whole lives. The grandparents watched it. Well, this massive agenda that was already on the go a hundred years ago marched on with its statistics and its scientific investigations and all the funding that kept going into certain areas all the, the telltale signs were there, the footprints were there, and it's rampaging ahead at the moment, in fact. And here we are under pretty well, basically, martial law the world over, and people still think they can go back to 1950 or, or some leave-it-to-beaver little house on the prairie generation. Won't happen. Won't happen. We're on a roll, and we have, we've been given no say into where we want to go whatsoever. It's all been decided for us long ago. And that's the shock we need. We have to get the shock into us to wake us, truly wake us up, past all the illusions and the fronts and the diversions that were traditionally given generation by generation. And we've got to sit down and really talk in earnest to everyone we know about what life is and the value of life. And do we have a right and say of the direction we can go rather than let others, you know, our betters do it all for us and just dictate to us down below? Because we know where it's going if we leave it to the guys at the top. We know where it's going. We know it's interfacing with computers. We know it's a Borg world, ultimately. And at the moment, here we are, as opposed to meant to walk into it and enjoy ourselves, play inside a cartoon world while others manipulate your body and give you a different work to do. You won't even know what you're actually doing. You'll think you're in some sort of game or some lovely cartoon world with lovely trees and everything, or a beach or in, in the sea. Meanwhile, your body is doing manual labor because you're programmed to do it. You won't know. That's where they're taking you. But they've got to get fit, healthy animals. That's us. Because then we'll be very cost-effective. You don't want us being sick. That detracts from profit. Now I'm going to go to callers now, and I think we've got Daniel from California. Are you there, Daniel? Hello? Hello? Yes. Hey, what's going on, Alan? How you been? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you know what I've been noticing? Uh, I like to listen to a lot of uh, radio shows, uh, even the conservatives, the liberals, everybody, NPR, Michael Savage. Um you know what I've been noticing a lot on these, uh, on some of them, especially on Savage, they're getting a hint that something's wrong. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's a delayed reaction. Oh, yeah. It might, it might, what it might show you is they need some genetic enhancement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's you know, because I was just listening on the way home from work one day, and uh, he was on there. He had a fellow on there talking about, you know, I, we can all sense that there's something going on. We just, we can't put our finger on it. 
<laughs> and I was, you know, thinking to myself, come on, man, it's right in front of you. Open up your eyes. You know, there's there's more there's more at work here than you realize, you know. But uh, here they are. Uh, they're, they've been connecting all your main Internet servers together through main routing systems so that the NSA can monitor each individual 24 hours a day. Here they are reconnecting the cables uh, over uh, with India and the Middle East and so on uh, so they can get routed again through the NSA system more, more securely and, and to make it more efficient. Uh, we're being observed in everything that we do. They've announced in London that every vehicle that comes in and out of the city automatically has its license scanned by cameras uh, and they will suss out who you are in, in split seconds. Every vehicle, millions of vehicles going in and out, you know, this is incredible. And you think you're going to get some kind of freedom uh, out of all of this at the end? Oh, yeah, even his guest even termed, termed the phrase New World Order, you know? And, yes. Uh, but, you know, he's like, who knows what it is? He, he just kind of was like, you know, it, I know it's something. You know what? Uh, call it what you will," he said. But there's something going on. Oh well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, at one time when guys in black uniforms strode into countries in, in in Europe, everyone knew what they were. And when they had machine guns at every every bus depot, uh, subways, and so on, they had no problem realizing that these guys meant business and they were not your friends. And here they're training your children to grow up in a world where this is the norm. And they're telling you it's because it's terrorism. We know what they mean by terrorism. Terrorism has been expanded to include everyone who does not think and agree along the lines of this authorized agenda of brave new world policy. Uh, the, the, the Psychiatric Association, the Psychological Association, have already defined us all as mentally unfit. So yeah, we are all potential terrorists, you see. That's oh, yeah, what even, it really means by it. Even in my small town, I live out here in a very small town, less than 20,000 people. But I can see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it, and I, it, it, you know, I see it more in the, in the, in the city next to me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a quarter of a million people, but... In my little town, I'm, I'm, I'm out here, I drive around, I talk to people, you know, try to get a feel of what it's like, and uh, you can, you, you, it's here too. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of scary, you know, especially since I live in a small town. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to run around afraid and, and lock mm -hmm. my doors, Yeah. you know, but I, I can see it, and I try, to, I try to, you know, I find, I'm Hispanic, and I find that the Mexicans mm -hmm. are more open to the things that I tell them mm -hmm. than are Americans. Yeah. And um, and I, I mean Mexicans straight from I mean straight from the motherland, you know, mm -hmm. straight from over there that are that are that come here and they're like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think it's just that they've been dealing it with the corruption down there so long. Why wouldn't it be true to them? Yes, and they they, they have more of an oral traditional history. Yes. Uh, whereas the, in the U.S. they've been they're in La La Land with fiction. If we were, fiction and news is all mixed together with advertising, and it's it's not nothing's real in the American mind anymore. I mean, I've even gone to your to your transcript sites and printed out printed out uh, shows in Spanish to give to hand out to people because, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm, to me, I see them reacting more to it, yeah. and being more open to it than than we are. I think, yeah. you know, we we like our. That's right. We, we, it's the same with people who grew up in the the Soviet system. Uh, a lot of them are in contact with me, and and they, they can't believe that they're watching it all here, 
and they're trying to tell people, and, and they just, uh, you know, they just, just don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because you, you hear on some of these shows, some of these, they, they interview Russian, you know, uh, exiles and whatnot on some of these political shows, and they have them on there, and they're like, man, I see everything going on around that happened in Russia around here. Yeah. And then they kind of just dodged the, dodged the comment. Yeah, it's just you know, too unthinkable. See, most people have given their minds and the responsibility to, of their mind over to the media. Brzezinski was quite correct. He said that, 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 that shortly the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They'll only be able to repeat what they've heard on the previous night's news because they expect the, the government and the media to do their thinking for them, their reasoning for them. That has happened with most people, you understand? Yeah, you know, and it's funny because at my work, just this last six months, they put in a TV in our break room yeah. on CNN 24-7. I'm thinking to myself, huh, paranoia while at break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you know, what a you know what, It reminded great. me of uh, uh, George Orwell's Two Minutes Hate. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody and, and, breaks and, and watches TV, you know? Yeah, and you couldn't get away from the television in, in 84. Every <laughs> evening your bedroom had it. You couldn't get away from Big Brother. And I'm sitting there, you know, eating my lunch, and I'm looking up, and I look around at everybody, and everybody's head is up. Yeah. You know, everybody's head is up, just glued. That's right. And it's I'm, hypnotic, too, of course. We know that. Yes. And it's meant to, it's the greatest tool ever devised. If they'd made the public take it, it would be suspicious, but they, they give us flashy televisions and keep upgrading them, and we buy them. Therefore, we think it's, it's quite innocent. We're buying it, so it's, it's safe. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I see it, in, like I said, I see it in my small town, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's just very disheartening, you know, it kind of, it kind of, I walk around going, man, I, yeah, just, I, I just inform who I can, yes. who will listen to me, because most people, like you say, you know, will, will get a knife out and, and kill you to keep their little peace of mind in their head, you know, yeah. and, uh, and uh, would run away from... But it's Definitely. funny, I keep telling people, just wait till it comes to your door. Right now, you're not worried about the boogeyman over there, but when he comes and knocks at your door, yeah. you will be scared. Yeah, most folk will never be able to handle the truth. Most folk will not. And that's something I've always known. So, so just expend your energy on the ones that you can teach. That's what you have to do. Yeah, and I know that. that's, what, that's what I've done. Because, you know, there's, uh, i got a buddy at work. He, he opened up. He, he listens to your stuff. I gave, him, I gave him a disc of a lot of your shows. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, man, I, I, love what, I love what this guy says. But he, he just shakes his head. He's like, oh, I, can't, I can't get my mind across that so many things are connected. And I was like, well, I mean, you can follow the trail, you know. Read the books. That's what I tell him. Just like you told, you know, just like you say, read the books. Yeah. Pick them up. They're right there. That's right. And, and just look into the United Nations and look at all of the non-governmental organization affiliates registered with it these organizations affect every facet of you your life your wife's life and the children's lives every facet well thanks alan it was a pleasure talking to you once again thanks thanks for calling all right now i've got derek in vermont are you there derek okay is harley from michigan hello hello harley Hey, Alan, how are you doing this evening? Not so bad. Good. Hey, I wanted to uh, kind of comment on, actually, a comment in a couple of, uh, well, actually one question. What you were talking about early, and on, early on, I, I, I see the, the perfect slave is, is getting ready to come to form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to, to eliminate the argument between the two sexes, mm -hmm. and they are really working on getting the perfect slave.
just a lot, you know, and, and it also plays into what you're talking about. I, I keep telling people you you you're living in a mirage in the politic in the into politics. Yeah. Because politics is nothing. Uh, it's a mirage. It's 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 a facade. Like I said the other night before, and I you know, into the last call I can sympathize with him because. You know, a lot of times I, I work by myself, and I'm actually enjoying working by myself because I have time to think. Yeah. And when I think about when people just say, oh, this is the land of the uh, free and home of the brave, I wanted to say, no, this is the land of the naive and home of the slaves. Yeah. <laughs> because you guys just, you love your bread, your wine, and your circus too much, and yeah. you don't see what, when, you know, you, you don't. You see the man, the, the nice man with the candy, and you're taking it from him like a child, but you don't know he's slipping certain certain things into the candy, candy to to make you uh, to, uh, to be delirious and, del- and delusional. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, but my question, but my question I wanted to ask you was, is that um, we? I talked. I remember on uh, Red Ice, you did an interview on uh, Red Ice, uh-huh. and we talked about Hillary. <laughs> I even talked, or you call her Hillary. Yeah, and. And you had already predicted, or I, I'm not going to quote you verbatim, I don't quite remember, but you predicted that she will be the next president. And I told everybody, and I kept looking at certain things. I had some clips on her about the U.N. She presented a, a, a reward to Walter Cronkite yeah. or for the U.N. And that really, when you, and that, just after your talk, and I got a documentation on that, they call the U.N. deception. And, boy, and... Boy, I really see this thing really coming. To, you know, this thing is really coming to yeah. uh, to is opening up, I should say. And my question to you: Do you still think that even though the agenda will still go through, do you think she she will be the one to push the agenda? And I'm going to hang up and listen to your uh, yeah. to your comment. Have a good night, Lala. And you too. Right. Yeah, I, I th- I've watched <laughs> through history. If you look at history. You'll find some of the bloodiest periods we've ever had is when a woman is put in apparent charge. I say apparent because it's almost it's like an occultic thing with them. Uh, they put in the female. Even old Queen Victoria went through the, one of the bloodiest phases in the British histories. It slaughtered its way across the world and plundered it. And uh, you'll find the same with Bloody Mary and a whole bunch of characters in history. It's almost like a, an, an ancient tradition uh, where they put the female in charge uh, who is unforgiving unforgiving and perhaps tremendously vindictive with it too and it's very very possible they'll put her, her, uh, her in at the right time uh, I mean to be honest with you it's an odd thing for an outsider to look at how the US works and to see someone whose main claim to fame was to be the, uh, the wife of a, a president and that's all it takes really to get in there although she was involved in some supposedly far left organizations that you find were still run by the Rockefellers and all the rest of these globalists too there are no left or right it's just two arms or two wings of the same bird so uh, we are herded by left and right generally but there was too much fanfare made about her given her, her background and it tells you that she has been groomed for a particular job at a specific time. I know, Stephen, when they, they, they launched this big occultic ceremony to the world, and that was the Waco burning, when they burned down the people and killed them all at Waco. They, it was Janet Reno they put in for that particular era. That was a big, uh, that was a, like a religious 
festival time, you might say, uh, for the, the high ones to, to do that. It, it wasn't done by mistake. They put her in for that particular phase. They tend to put the female in when, you get, when they give you the bloody phase. Even in ancient Greece, it was similar. They had uh, ceremonies there where women would often, 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 uh, worshipping Ceres, they would offer their firstborn, and that was tradition with them. They would kill their firstborn, and that was supposedly the old mother goddess days. So it's a tradition, as I say, it's a tradition in their occult system, very ancient system that's behind all of this, an occult tradition that also has data and archives of, of humanity and how to handle them. And as Plato said, if you know the formulas uh, and you know what you want to achieve, just look back, get the same formula and reintroduce it in the right sequence, and the public will react the same way again. That's how simple it is. So I wouldn't be surprised that they'll put her in at the right time. If she is elected in to top, then you know it's time to head for the hills and dig a deep uh, uh, cave somewhere and live there. Just live in the darkness. You'll be much happier and safer. And if you can think for yourself, you've got lots of things to occupy your mind. You don't need a lot of reading material. Now we've got, um, who is it? Is Israel, New Jersey? Hey, hi, Alan. How are you? It's an honor to speak to you. Um, I just have a question about, um, well, I think it goes along the lines of the hermaphrodite agenda because uh, I read that bisphenol A is used in a lot of plastic products. Yeah. And um, it acts like an estrogen, yeah. I believe. That's right. And when you microwave a lot of items, even uh, baby bottles, if you use hot water, it becomes yeah. more active. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to hear your ideas about that. Oh, there's no doubt. It's, it's, it's been, I've even got stuff I could have read tonight on it that's official. Uh, they admit this. It's been, they've been doing it since the 50s. Mm. And then the plastic bottles, and then with the, the particular heat to put on it, uh, it does give off vast amounts of uh, this xenoestrogen, which affects both male and female. It's intentional. Hang on, I'll be back with uh, more after these messages. minutes and we're talking from Israel, New Jersey uh, to Israel, New Jersey and he's talking about the bisphenol which is uh, a xenoestrogen uh, that's released by these particular types of plastics, not just with microwaving but with any heat at all applied to them and it's intentional we found out Monsanto knew this back in the 1950s in different experiments they were doing you can actually trace it back to the 1930s they knew this and they knew that it was introduced into to babies basically it would definitely affect the hormonal uh, actions of the male and the female. We see it, and today we're seeing physical changes in the population. And since we're monitored like any livestock, a very precious livestock, believe you me, nothing's a surprise to the guys at the top. It means that this is the thing is going the way it's going as planned, and it's all to bring down the population, and it's working very well since 70% of the sperm counts of an average male is down from the 1950s level, 75%. So we're 75% sterile, according to the guys at the top, and it's not a crisis. So it's intentional. That's, that's your clue right there. Hello? Are you still there, Israel? Okay, is, there, is John from Connecticut there? Yes, can you hear me okay? Yes, go ahead. 
Uh, hi, I'm glad to be on your show. Um, just kind of woke up myself to all this New World Order stuff. I'm originally from Ireland and uh, been over here about uh, 20 years, but I uh, read a book by Jim Morris, Ruled by Secrecy, that really uh, kind of tipped me off. Then Line 11 happened. I just found out about you recently and been listening to your show. Um, you mentioned something about Chile being the breadbasket of the world and all that in one of your previous shows. I just got back from uh, Chile, Santiago, and um, areas around there. I just want to mention one thing that was not down there, no chemtrails whatsoever. No, no, it um, won't be. Yeah, Chile was signed be? in under the, the, the free trade negotiation before the NAFTA, and it was discussed then that they would bring them up to be the breadbasket. And, of course, that meant, obviously, they were going to put out the American, the U.S., and Canadian farmers, which they're pretty well done. Yeah. Right, but the whole place down there was really Americanized. I mean, Centra have built yep. all the highways. It's got the tags. They've got the pole, the toll booths, just like here, and yep. the um, rented car we had. Every two miles as you go into Santiago, automatically, um, with the things in the road, uh, sends the bill to you. Kind of, or oh, yeah. We, see, we, we built up through the, free, the, the NAFTA and the free trade negotiation. All the, the infrastructure was built up by the taxpayer of the U.S. and Canada. Okay. Chile, yeah. Right. And one other quick kind of question has been on my mind. Um, why did they build Ireland up into such a, at such a fast rate? You know, it's so expensive. To, I can't afford to go back there. Is any, you know, what, what's the thing with Ireland, do you think? Ireland uh, it seems to be very popular. You know yourself that the Russian mob moved in big time there. Right. And uh, they get massive grants from the EU for their businesses to start up, etc. And it seems to me wherever the Russian mob go, uh, uh, they have to have, live in a, a certain standard of luxury that they're accustomed to, uh, and that's part of it there too. It's almost like setting up a future residence for them, and it's a beautiful country. It's right, a beautiful yeah. country to live in if you can afford it, as you say. Okay, I'll, uh, I know time is tight. So I'll call you another night and talk to you again. Thank okay, you very much. Thanks for calling. And also for tonight, uh, people should look up um, parallelnormal.com, Mark Bard, because... Uh, he's, going, he's going into the new method of inoculating the HPV uh, inoculation, uh, papillomavirus one for females. It's a new tattoo they've come out with, which they hope will be popular. I'll be back with more on Friday. Now, for, for Hamish myself, up here in Tierra, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.